Welcome to this episode of Athletic Training Chat. We are on with Andrea Dosedla, who is a repeat guest. Uh, this one is a, for a new venture that Andrea is right in the middle of. Uh, really the reason we followed up on this, but not only is Andrea doing amazing work in the industrial setting for AT, um, great contact for anybody looking to get into that setting, but now is looking at trying to create MKE injury and recovery with this concept of a community athletic training room. Super interesting idea, lots of things to work through, and we really get into that, um, looking at licensure and state requirements and what that looks like, and that has been a big topic that has been around on um, AT social media. So th this was very timely, very interesting, um, and especially how Andrea has approached it. So Lots to take away in this one. As always, we are powered by Mueller Sports Medicine. Please take a look at them as you're looking at any mid-year needs when it comes to everything for your athletic training setting. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode. Happy holidays, and we look forward to continuing into 2021. episode of athletic training chat we are on with repeat guest andrea dosedla um talking a whole new venture um that i'm really excited to hear about uh, mainly because this is happening in the state of wisconsin which i also happen to reside in so um this will be really informative for me uh, on some of the hoops you've had to jump through being in the state um when it comes to your new venture but we're going to talk about going out um and doing basically entrepreneur and starting up MKE injury and recovery, which at the time of this recording, which is Friday, December 11th, hasn't opened yet, but is getting close from what I can gather. Um, so excited to hear about everything there. Um, so yeah, I, I want to turn it over to you and just the background of why you started this. And we've got some questions we're going to spin off of all of that story. Awesome. Okay. Well, um, just a little background as to what MKE Injury and Recovery is. Um, I started the, I registered uh, the LLC back in uh, November 2019. Um, I had this idea of starting a community athletic training room. So with my experience in the industrial setting, and I've even heard this with other individuals that have gone um, the entrepreneurial route, that some of them did have industrial setting backgrounds. And I think it's just because we're starting to dip into the community more and more to see how the active community has access to certain resources and how athletic trainers can facilitate that. Um, so MKE Injury and Recovery, um, I registered the name because it clicked with me. I wanted it um, and I wanted to lock it in. So at the time it was literally just own the name. Mm -hmm. um, so I registered it back in 2019 and uh, November, 2019, uh, I had just finished, I think it was like my fourth or fifth bodybuilding competition, like the month before that. So October, 2019 finished a bodybuilding competition, got rolled back into that, uh, since I'm new, well, I shouldn't say new to Wisconsin. I just moved back to Wisconsin about two years ago. So I wanted to get back into bodybuilding back into my normal groove of things. Um, so then I found the name. I love the name. I wanted to lock it in. So 2019, the plan was, was that when spring hit spring of 2020, <laughs> I would, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you see where this is going? So yeah. in spring 2020, the thought was, was, um, office space, uh, living in a highly populated area stuff does not come cheap. So to take this idea of being an athletic trainer to the community and going out into the community, pitching a tent, putting a table down, going to 5Ks, going to events, going to CrossFit stuff, um, and just literally owning uh, the name and presenting myself as an athletic trainer. And here I can help you, whether it be taping, uh, prevention services, stretching, that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, I don't need to go through what an athletic trainer does, right? So spring 2020 hits and we're in lockdown. Um, 
five K's are non-existent. All of these things are non-existent. So I shelved the idea. So I own the name. I just shelved the idea is basically it. And let's see what this pandemic brings. And um, I'm always a go, go, goer. Uh, I have a full-time job outside of this too. So I was very hyper-focused on just that the full-time job, keeping my injury prevention program going at my current, um, current place of employment and um, just focused on that. And it wasn't until a couple months ago that I got the idea just because people were starting to downsize and it the opportunity arose that more office spaces were becoming available. So I did my research and now office spaces are now becoming affordable because of the pandemic. So instead of me going out in the community and learning about the community being like, Hey, is Wauwatosa or Brookfield, the more active community, maybe I should find office space in Brookfield or Wauwatosa or something along those lines to be more, I want to be more centralized to where my active community was Mm -hmm. to facilitate visits because I truly believe that frequency of care is what makes you better, not just one huge, you know, let's say one, one hour massage versus four 15 minute massages. Sure. Um, I'd rather give you the four 15 minutes versus a one, one hour. And then what I don't see you for like a month. Right. So, um, so basically location was huge and I found a affordable out of pocket. Yeah. It's going to add a little bit of overhead, but a place right in Wauwatosa village. So that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I was like, you know, if the opportunity arises, people are downsizing, they're moving into smaller office spaces or uh, so a lot of office spaces started opening up. And I looked at this as an opportunity to just jump in on and off office space. Um, And now that people are starting to be a little bit more active on their own, there's that added hurdle of people are now trying to do more self-care on their own. And it's, it's, uh, it's hitting a roadblock for a lot of individuals that are active. So, you know, five K's, you know, people are doing more virtual five K's, which is great. Um, but now, you know, there's a lot of added stressors that come in to just that self-care I'm Googling what I can do on my own. Uh, so just even opening up this office space, it's available for people to physically come in, but then, you know, also offering that virtual, one-on-one to be able to help those that are, you know, um, quarantining, staying in, doing their own thing on their own time. So there's kind of a variety of services going on there. Um, but what MKE injury and recovery is, is, um, what I found is that my niche has always been in injury prevention. And that's why I've been so successful at my current place of employment. I've been able to, you know, help with work comp costs and really thrive in the industrial setting because injury prevention has always been my niche. So because of the bodybuilding competition and being within the active community here in MKE, I'm starting to help friends and talk to people and be more involved in bodybuilding and all the other stuff here in Milwaukee, whereas I was always involved in kind of random cities. Mm -hmm. And it's been ultimately like that venture um, connecting with the industrial aspect of MKE as well. There are individuals that work all day lifting heavy stuff frequently and they go home at the end of the day and they have no recovery. So, um, you know, creating like an injury prevention company that wouldn't click with the community. Nobody knows what injury prevention is, you know, athletic trainers do. So I had to re re kind of phrase it, recoin it as recovery. Like you need to recover and people are more self-aware of self-care. Um, especially nowadays. So, you know, I need to take care of myself. Uh, it's, it's literally just self-care. Um, so when it's labeled recovery, people are more, ah, I know what you're talking about. Like sure. I need to recover. Yeah. So that's what this is. Um, and the reason that this fits so well with my current schedule is because, I mean, I love my job and I love my day job and I would, I would never leave it. Uh, MKE injury and recovery because I'm selling recovery. Um, I want to be able to market myself to those that are the physically active, the, the, the everyday athlete. So they're usually a nine to fiver. So I have basically, this is my side gig as a night and weekend only okay. um, set up because during the day, you know, maybe I'll hit um, 
oh, this is like a terrible, but let's say Karen who likes to do spin classes at noon, she can sign up for something at one o'clock. Maybe that would be the demographic that I would be leaning into, but the demographic right now that I'm honing in on are individuals that, you know, they work during the day and they don't have the ability to go into, you know, um, normal daytime hours of like a, a PT clinic, chiropractic clinic, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. They just need recovery after physical activity. And that's what the nights and weekends are, are there for weekends, you know, individuals that are working during the week, you know, they're usually involved in five K's, all that other stuff. So it would give them a little bit more freedom of rain to um, recover them because usually at our society, they're majority weekend warriors anyways. So recovery is pretty pertinent. I think during the weekends, um, during the week, try to get them in, but uh, weekends, I feel like it was a little bit more, more pertinent time. So with me being an athletic trainer and being used to working 6am practice, you know, or you know, morning conditioning, and then you got, you know, night practices, and then you got the weekend competitions with me finding a nine to five job. I'm like, well, that's not enough. <laughs> My nights and weekends need to be filled now. Sure. I can understand that. Yeah. Um, Why not? <laughs> Throw it on the bed. Okay. Yeah. And, yeah. and me and a couple podcasts and you know oh why not go back to school i mean i got some <laughs> to go right you know whatever <laughs> yeah what's what i get to go home at five and do whatever i want this is yeah. ridiculous <laughs> it's not okay yeah, i know <laughs> so is it, is uh, it just you then right as of right yeah. now okay so it, yep. for owning this space is it seeing people one-on-one -on -one, or is it potentially like a group small group thing when it comes to recovery or how are you you know kind of looking to do that you know just because there's obviously only so many hours that people are probably going to come in from when they get off of work at five before obviously they're going to go to bed at night and I, I, I know you're busy and you're go 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 but you probably also have to sleep too um at some point and do all the and do all the other things that you're into um if anybody follows Andrea on social media you, you're in the gym it seems <laughs> plenty of hours delegate to, time for that yeah, <laughs> yeah so, you know and again it's because you've got a lot of things and that's nothing wrong with that I'm just curious how your setup is right so there's always a way to kind of figure it out right mm -hmm. um so you know me from college I've always been like a night owl and I wish I wish I had been a morning person. And at the age of 34, I think I figured it out. Um, you know, I figured out ways to kind of make shift and especially because of lockdown and everything, we're, we're getting to be more creative as to how, like in my house now I have a spin bike and I've just learned to love spinning. Basically sure. I set up like my tablet. So that's cut a ton of time, just even getting uh, cardio in during the day, because I, I do still off season prep. Uh, like I always have, I think I only took a year off of bodybuilding um, in the last like five, six years. So it's something that I enjoy personally. And it, it helps me relate with anybody that wants to stay active. I want the community to stay active. That's what keeps us, you know, it keeps us out of an early grave, basically, sure. you know, so um, encouraging activity. And, you know, we're all going to have our like little woes, patellar tendonitis. I've got some kneecap issues. I've got you know, tightness in the hamstrings are all biomechanically different. So yeah, recovery is a huge part of injury prevention. Um, there was, there's even companies out there that are just, there's stretch companies. You show up and they're like, you see a licensed stretchologist or I forget yeah. what they even call them. Yeah. And people are just walking in and they'll get stretched for 30 minutes and they're amazed at how much better they feel. There's something to it. There is, you know, but it's, like, man, athletic trainers, we are so inept in having the scientific background to understand what injury prevention is and how each individual needs their own setup. So ultimately here at the office, it's just a small little nook. Love it though, because right now I just have one table mm -hmm. and it's, it's amazing because even like everybody's like, what if this takes off and it goes to like other cities and stuff like that. I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> let's just Let's just worry about getting people in and it's going to be right now perfectly because of the whole COVID thing. It's one person at a time. Sure. Oh, absolutely. You know, I'll have uh, temperature screening when they initially come in. Um, there are some disposable face masks available. And right now it's kind of like a little side nook, 
when you initially enter in. And right now that's just like my little coffee space. So if I wanted to add another table in here, I could ideally, if this expanded, um, a community athletic training room, multiple tables going on at the same time and working just like any other athletic trainer would creating a community where people can come in. You know, I've got Joe heating over in the corner. I'm working on Stacy over here, just kind of doing some ice dim or something like that. And then maybe after I'm done working on, you know, Jill, she's over behind me, you know, with some stim on her leg and, and an ice bag or something like that. Um, not saying I'm like a huge fan of ice bags, but um, ultimately, <laughs> ultimately, you know, just working how an athletic trainer would. And yeah. uh, sometimes people just need guidance and just being a consultant in just general wellness consulting. That's huge. That's huge in today's society. Uh, people don't know what to do. Uh, and I swear, if I hear I'm just going to go home and ice it and see how it is tomorrow, I want to bang my head against the wall. Yeah. Um, there's so many people that like, well, it comes and goes, so it's not a huge deal. It's going to come back and it's going to be intense. You know, if it's not this year, next year, five years, take care of it now before it becomes some huge issue. And it's, this is the stuff that we see in the industrial setting. It's just, you know, basically taking your two hands and, and your knowledge and applying it to uh, people that are active every day and being able to, um, you know, obviously adapt to the scenarios that come in. So hopefully this space, ultimately to answer your question, um, it might be able to suffice two tables, I think, but right now with it, a casual one table, one-on-one, -on -one, and then just kind of working from there. Um, and then off offering the virtual, which is great because virtual you can do from anywhere. So right. I can offer that, you know, after, after a gym session, my personal gym session or, um, you know, at home or anything like that. So, um, so yeah, yeah, that's basically right now. It's just basically my little single table athletic training room is nice. what I have set up in here. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, and any athletic trainer knows this, it's like, you're addicted to coffee and everybody I know. So I got coffee, tea, like two chairs. I really want to put up a TV in there because athletic training rooms are so much more like casual and like, right. you know, open. I feel like when you have ESPN or something rolling, yep. um, there's going to be some wall art and whatnot. I'll put some like sports stuff up and sure. you know, all the furniture that I put in here is literally from Goodwill. It has not cost me more than five bucks and I have redone all the furniture. Nice. So there's always a cost effective way of doing things. You know, you, you think that you got to invest a ton of money in this stuff. Sometimes if you just give it time and you put your thought into it, there's ways around um, yeah. having to dump money into things. Yep, exactly. So uh, I got a table in the corner. I redid That thing is five bucks. It stores all my hydrocolator stuff. Um, obviously the, the massage table got it off of Amazon. They have some really high quality massage tables. If you dig through, um, you know, you can find some good ones that'll hold 300 pound capacity. That's that, that, you know, is a quality table. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. yeah. So, um, that's just kind of how things are starting right now. Um, the hangups that I've had so far in opening is basically the fact of, you know, I was expecting to be ready this weekend. Um, already I was just finishing up my software Mm -hmm. And, um, it's been basically inspection purposes. So like, it's mostly, uh, stuff for my landlord to take care of. So that, that kind of put, puts a little wrench in things, but that's kind of what's hanging me up right now. It's just the logistics, the, the little small underlying stuff. So, so yeah, so I do have Andrew's one logistic now. question and then yeah. kind of philosophical around payment to you, which we'll get to in a second. Um, main one, and this is one I've thought about even a lot uh, for, you know, myself, you know, even if it wasn't officially setting up a space, but going out is, as far as I know, especially in the state of Wisconsin, obviously this very state to state is, you know, what does that look like practicing under a physician? Right. For the state law. So, and so that's all that every time I talk to an AT entrepreneur, not knowing all the, the specific licensure laws, around the country, but generally knowing what it is um, within the state and, you know, having standing orders and things like that, like, how, how, how'd you go about that one? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's difficult. It really is right now with my day job, the way that it is, mm -hmm. um, you know, with consulting and first aid and all that other stuff, it's, 
it's been challenging to find a physician um, that it's very much like you have to, you just, you just have to have one. Um, So what I did was there's a small business consulting firm, uh, basically a group of lawyers that I'm working with right now that they're, they're helping me out. And there's still a lot of those T's that need to be crossed and I's that need to be dotted. And that's, what's holding me up from even opening Sure, is that how can we, um, because the discussions are still going on with physicians, um, you know, some want to be on board, but then there's just, you know, the law itself that they're confused by it. Who's going to be liable, all that other stuff. So it, it basically, if you're looking to go independent, it's just, you got to find that, that position that's willing to work with you. Right. Yep. Right now, my question is, is like, and again, I'm literally investing money in, so where I've been cutting costs is furniture, right? But where I've been investing my money has been in legal parts. Absolutely. And right now, my question is, is that, you know, I literally, I feel like I've already printed out a wallpaper's worth of our physician standing orders. Yep. And I've read it, I think of 500, 600 times. <laughs> it's hard because being in recovery, it's cupping and stretching and seeing healthy individuals mm-hmm. and the physician standing orders don't really reflect that. Mm. So I'm, I'm wondering, and this is just projecting. It's not, it, it's really hard uh, right now as an athletic trainer that as the injuries come in, if I have an injury, um, you know, to have the physician eval first and have them clear them for an athletic trainer, get the physician uh, note that way. Um, I, I don't know yet. I really don't know. It's not that I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm trying to work legally and, and make sure everything is, uh, done appropriately and just moving to Milwaukee, I'm still getting to know people and you got to have those discussions. And luckily because of my day job, I've been able to interact with the local, you know, work comp community. And there's a lot of physicians involved with that. Um, so it's, it's been really, it's been hard, um, because, you know, I could be a licensed massage therapist and be able to open up tomorrow, you know, right. but because of our education and the legal battles and stuff, and it's just difficult. A completely different setup when it comes to the law. You mm-hmm. know, in Wisconsin, I'm pretty sure you actually have to be like licensed massage therapist, but other states, like there's nothing. Like you could just say, I'm a massage therapist and I took this right. certification and you're, you're good. You don't have to sit for an exam or do any of that stuff where I know Wisconsin's a little more restrictive there. Right. But just saying, so I'm, yeah, if you had that yeah. conditioning certification, you pretty much do it all. Right. And, and that's, that's basically the question at hand because yep. I'm not, I'm not therapy and everything that is put under that physician protocol. It's, I don't, I don't know. So right now, um, that's something I'm presenting to my lawyers right now, uh, right. Because what I did, I I just felt like the legal aspect, it really, that really needed to be focused on because this is something so new that I want to make sure I'm doing it right. And so I I don't know how many athletic trainers out there, um, have consulted with lawyers, but I just, the first thing I did before I even, I literally, I, I coined the name and then I went and saw lawyers. I just went to small business uh, consulting and I, I did my shopping around. And the first sure. thing I found was a lawyer, you know, normally Great athletic enough. trainers would be looking. Yeah. <laughs> normally athletic trainers would be looking for a physician. Me, I'm like, I got to find a lawyer um, because I'm limiting my scope by offering recovery. So I'm not, I'm not here with modalities and prescribing exercise or doing any of that stuff. I'm literally, you know, you've got companies that are opening up license, you know, stretching companies that, you know, do they have physician oversight? It's very, I look at this as like lightweight work. Um, So, you know, it's basically trying to figure that out. See, and if I'm, I'm really curious, I'm curious to see, 
what comes from that, what my lawyers say, um, you know, we're going to do our due diligence and reading everything, obviously like the position standing orders. It just, it didn't really seem to, you know, apply to this. Cause like I said, it's not therapy. I don't have injured persons walking in here. Right. Um, actually I'm on the second level, so <laughs> it weeds out the week. If you can't get up my stairs, then I should be seeing you. <laughs> you know? So right. Right. it might just be, you know, having to work with that person's individual physician. Um, if an injured person does come through my door. Sure. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different options in looking at it just because the physician standing orders are very, it's very unique to our profession. So because we have a lot of unique uh, hurdles, um, that's where I felt like, you know, a lawyer's consult was really needed for this. Um, I know intake, um, intake forms that you usually get at a PT clinic or in a massage therapy clinic, you can find templates for that online. Um, but I wasn't going to take that chance. I'm like, you know, this is an, this is an athletic trainer. What is my intake form going to look like? So that's why I went with a, I went with lawyers and that's why the steps have been very slow, but they've been very calculated for sure. No, and I'm, so I'm the, really glad that you said that because uh, that's what I've had that question for every one. I mean, we were talking off air, and it'll come out at probably the week before yours does about uh, the athletic trainer Aaron um, Nor, who works out in California. While it's a little bit more of the wild west, pun intended, out there um, because there is right. medicines, and so for you starting this in Wisconsin, it's like. It's a great thing you're an athletic trainer, but man, is it also throwing up some roadblocks, you know, to do it legally by the definition? Because even locally for us, like there's strength coaches that went and did some sort of soft tissue clinic or, you know, have seen plenty of stuff on the internet that are doing soft tissue work and different things and recovery on athletes, which, man, that's a risk that you don't have a whole lot to fall back on if something goes super wrong and somebody comes after you and then obviously in today's world that that chance goes up significantly so um absolutely I can only imagine the frustration but i give you all the credit in the world for going about it because I, I think if you figure it out and you've got a blueprint for it and you get to the point where, where you can establish you know here's how you get to the point where now you just got to find the physician that's willing to work with you or you know if the licensure law ever gets opened up again and, you know, we talk about practicing autonomously, you know, that that's a game changer. Yeah. Um, and who knows what will happen there, but yeah. I really think it, it just needs to be, it needs to be changed uh, because this practice it's evolving mm-hmm. and it's so the way that the law is written right now, it's so reflective of our usual setups in NCAA sure. and orthopedic clinics and, you know, but that's where an athletic trainer is doing more. And I know I had mentioned this earlier, the athletic training profession is a very specialized profession. We're sports medicine. We work with active communities, Um, but our education has given us, you know, availability to be able to also specialize within the specialization. So athletic trainers, they work in industrial settings and we do ergonomic evals because we all have kinesiology degrees or, Um, you know, there's the athletic trainers that are in the OR with their physician, Mm -hmm. um, you know, assisting with, you know, those tasks, Um, you know, we got athletic trainers in podiatry and orthotic fitting and, uh, you know, even in in, uh, physical therapy. So there's a lot of different specialties. And with the niche of injury prevention being such lightweight work, you know, the, the, the laws have been very restrictive in that because, you know, I see personal trainers doing this stuff and these laws are put in place to protect the people. And, you know, it's, it's very hard when it restricts certain healthcare providers to be able to, you know, provide, um, you know, for their, for, for their, uh, you know, I really can't call them patients because they're not, you know, um, they're just your regular Joe Schmo that likes to do five K's on the weekend. And, He just wants his hamstring worked on because it gets tight. Like, you know, you trying to stretch yourself versus somebody else trying to stretch you, you know, it's a huge, there's a huge difference there. Um, And just having somebody that knows this is what needs to be targeted, doing biomechanical exams, functional exams, functional movement pattern stuff, um, you know, to be able to find those deficits and work on them. I mean, that, that's huge. It's, you know, especially nowadays, um, you know, the clinics are getting packed and, 
you know, there's a lot of stuff that was put on the back burner that now everybody's flooding in the clinic to get done and injury prevention. Yeah. It was non-essential for a bit, but you put that off for a while and now, now it's becoming essential. <laughs> you know, these injuries are coming to fruition. And right now with our society, I don't, I know everybody's talking about when, when things are going to be coming back to normal. And even in my current, basically in, in what I'm working with now, there's the injuries that are coming through are different. There's a huge psychosocial component to a lot of them. Um, you know, Jack is wondering why his tendonitis that's been fine for the last five years is all of a sudden coming, you know, and coming to the limelight. And, but he's got all of these, you know, bills that are piling up and all these other stressors that are occurring. And he's wondering why his body is responding negatively, you know? So, um, there's a lot more of that coming through. Um, and, and there's just been like a huge flood of it just in my regular everyday day job. And even just working out at the gym every day, I'm seeing a lot of my colleagues and everything struggling. Um, so it's been very much a, um, I looked at this as an opportunity. Uh, I'm still going through my hurdles right now. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of things that popped up that I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. I'm going to be ready to open to all of a sudden, you know, Nope, fell through. So you just got to like run with it. I yeah. I'm just running with it because I truly believe in this and the value that it brings to the community. Uh, because athletic trainers are valuable. We are, we are valuable in healthcare. And I feel like we we're down on ourselves a lot, you know, um, and that, that athletic trainers are valuable that we need to just really keep pushing at the things that we believe in. And this is definitely one of them, I feel. So, yeah. So last question I have for you, which I, I think I've, you've answered without answering it because I already know it is just, there's been some discussion that I've seen and there's always discussion about third-party reimbursement for athletic trainers. Yes. Um, and we <laughs> are in the state of Wisconsin, probably one of several, just because of what's going on um, at UW-Madison uh, in that area. And just they're, they're doing, or the health system and whatnot. Um, is it? No, I'm, oh, I'm totally blanking on his name right now. Uh, that's leading uh, it through the NATA. Uh, yes. I'll look it up. Um, I'm it's confusing. funny because... I'm confusing yeah. one researcher with him and they're both in the Madison area. Um, yeah. Anyway, it Shut sounds like what you're doing now. would definitely be cash based. And for a lot of reasons, just like what you, you know, everything you just said about, you know, the focusing on, excuse me, recovery and not having it be an injury specific thing, which pretty much answers the question about, you know, why you would or would not pursue third party billing. Um, I, I totally get why you wouldn't because that's not your focus. But now that you are kind of setting out on your own and taking this entrepreneurial journey, like what are your thoughts on that, you know, cash base versus the insurance run, especially as it pertains to athletic trainers, we got a long ways to go still if we are going to get there, but you know, you've got kind of a unique perspective of it. and also your work and your day job that I'm assuming somewhat has to do with insurance, but it's not like you're coding everything to get, you know, so right. that you're getting paid. Right. Yep. It's, it's basically like working in the industrial setting. We work within the realms of OSHA and first aid, you know, mm -hmm. we're not, you know, everything that needs to be seen by a doctor is seen by a doctor. So that's all injury prevention. And, uh, that's where it kind of translates into this too. Um, but with the third party billing, that's such a good, Oh man, I could go on for hours, but I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, um, <laughs> we have in the state of Wisconsin, luckily, uh, every other year biannually, they have the third party reimbursement symposium. Yes. And I took a chunk of my personal money and say out of savings. And I went to that. And uh, I honestly Milwaukee. believe, yeah, I was, it's right here in Milwaukee. I'm like, I know. stupid if I didn't go, right? So there are positives and there are negatives, right? And it's basically like as an athletic trainer, educating yourself by actually being around those people, asking mm -hmm. questions, what the benefit of it is, what the drawbacks are, what the challenges are. There were people there from Oklahoma. There was a guy there, um, 
he was, I think he was from Georgia. He spoke, he was able to build his own business based off of his third party reimbursement capabilities. Mm -hmm. And he talked about how he started, what he did to get started. He originally worked at a high school and he took out his 401k and started his own business. And he's, he's thriving and he's loving his job. So there are benefits to um, billing insurance. Mm -hmm. There are drawbacks to billing insurance. And when I initially had this idea, I started just reading. And uh, the only resources that I could find that have gone through cash-based were prior physical therapists. Yep. Um, you know, so reading what their conundrums were, how, what they were hung up on, how you were able to market yourself. Like, you know, nobody wants to pay more than their copay for care. Right. Um, stuff like that. So it's basically what the goals are with what your venture is and what you're willing to do because there are benefits to billing insurance. Um, I know the third party reimbursement, um, that, that whole symposium was very eye opening and it was very much one of those things that it puts athletic trainers on the map and it does Mm -hmm. create value for athletic trainers. Um, so there are benefits to it. Um, but then there's also the fact of there's that group of athletic trainers that are like, you know, we want to better healthcare, um, and we don't want to be controlled by insurance and we want to be able to just provide a cash-based service and offer that to you. And with me looking at opening a business that's focused on recovery, it wouldn't be able to be encompassed with an insurance because insurance will, um, you can bill insurance for therapeutic stuff, therapy, right. Um, where I want to bridge the gap between therapy and physical act, physical activity is basically it because there's a huge gap there in our society that's not available. Um, so basically, and I'm willing to share this because it's going to be available on my website. Um, once that goes active, (laughs) um, that frequency has always been my focus. So looking at cash-based and insurance charges, all that other stuff, um, I had to step back and say like, what was the goal for my company? Now, if I start getting a lot of, um, clients that are injured that need therapy, then I can revisit the insurance idea, um, which is why I decided to start my company completely paperless. And hence the reason why, again, good things take time sure. uh, working on my software to make sure that it's edited and customized for what I'm doing. Yep. So then if it evolves into one thing versus another, I can adapt. So then I'm not carrying around files and files of paperwork right. locked down, you know, that's 50 pounds in weight. And I get carried downstairs when I move into another location or something. Sure, sure. So Basically, um, what I did was I structured it to how can I make people want to see me frequently without, um, you know, to, to be able to make them better because recovery is all about frequent frequency. And as an athletic trainer, we are smart. We have value in being able to figure out where the issue is coming from. So I've broken down visits. It's, it's a requirement. You have to come in. And I do an initial injury screening on you to see what the issue is, where the irritation is, um, that kind of stuff, uh, what your what your prior issue was, and yada yada. Um, and then after you've already had an initial consult with me, um, I have appointments broken up into one-hour sessions, if you would like, thirty-minute sessions, and they're all called recovery sessions. Mm-hmm. Sixty-minute, thirty-minute, and then I also offer a fifteen-minute drop-in. So for the cost of a Starbucks reload for 25 bucks, you come in and you can get your tape job done, you know, quick stretch, whatever it is that's been helping you move along quick in and out and you're done. And it's basically standard of any athletic training room. And I've been able to find actual physical evidence and double blind studies that show that if you're trying to change muscle pliability or like the goals of, you know, like massage therapy or anything along those lines, those first 15 minutes, you get a huge gain in blood flow, um, that increase in pliability, all those physiological benefits that you get from massage, that first 15 minutes is crucial. And then after that, it kind of plateaus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to assume that we need one hour sessions to get better. I mean, yeah, I can work on your whole body and it'll feel great. Right. But if we're trying to get your knee better, if we're trying to get your shoulder better, you know, it's frequency. So if we needed to drop in 
Just work on that posterior delt, 15 minutes in and out. That's all you need. It's more cost-effective. It gets people in, out, and on their way. So basically looking at how I wanted to structure this athletic training room that I really can't market as an athletic training room. Nobody right. knows what an athletic trainer is. I couldn't really look at his at insurance as an option yeah, for me, definitely. but with the third party reimbursement uh, symposium, I definitely encourage that to any athletic trainer that's looking to go entrepreneurial or even, you know, working within the rehab setting or any, I think a lot of athletic trainers, we really need to educate ourselves on our options out there because in order for us to progress this profession, we need to stand on our own two feet and do it um, and, and, and really dive into this stuff because um, this is the stuff that's going to help us grow uh, professionally. And, uh, you know, there's a whole lot of options there for athletic trainers. I think it, it's just we just need to be able to break out of our shell and be able to do them. Um, I'm taking a huge risk doing this, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm, I'm willing to do it because it's, it's really I, I see the benefits and what athletic trainers can provide to athletes, to, you know, patients, anything. So it really you just got to really want it. Got to really want it, but that's that's yeah, my third party reimbursement stuff that was really eye opening and it was really very informative. And go there, ask questions, um, reach out. Joe Green, Jim I, Green. I was just gonna say it. I just looked it up, and I've got I've got the schedule for uh, whatever the twenty nineteen one. Yes, <laughs> Joe yes. Green. yes, Joe Green, Joe Green. So Joe Green has a bunch of guys that he works with. Um, there's even one right here. I was talking to the gentleman that works at Children's Hospital. They are very, they're so transparent. They want to be able to connect with the athletic training community and answer questions and stuff. Yeah. So it's definitely something that um, they've, they've made themselves available for a reason because they want to see this progression evolve. Um, and there's huge benefits to that, but they're the ones that know it, ask those questions, you know, sure. um, they're great resources. Yeah. Had to name drop that. I was like, oh, yes, I, I was going to get to you. So well done. <laughs> good for you. Also good on mine. Um, twitched. I twitched. <laughs> <laughs> anything um, else around this that you want to cover before we jump into the AT chat questions? No, that it's, it's still, it's still in the making. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring, but I don't know. Uh, I feel like athletic trainers are adaptable. So, you know, I'll be fine. Say, It'll get there. The this, uh, we'll have to do one in a year and just see what the heck is going on. Everything is going. The Lord knows. There's like people walking behind me and stuff, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, you know. Bigger space, you get the door closed, but you still got everybody whooshing behind you. Yeah, it'd be good. It's like massive amounts of tables, right? <laughs> Um, cool. So we got the AT Cat Five slightly modified um, to get your um, take on it, but ask you slightly different. Uh, where do you see entrepreneurship and athletic training going in the next five to ten years? Oh, man, I there's so many options right now. It's I'm just I'm ready to sit back and like just watch other athletic trainers take this mm-hmm. by the the wheel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I. You know, I was good at the injury prevention stuff and starting an injury prevention program on my own at a company that was successful, right? And it built some confidence like, hey, you know, I can do this. And sure. I mean, you know, just starting and, and opening up to the community, um, that's just recovery. But there's been athletic trainers that are focusing on, you know, wellness services. And um, some of them, they've just been dipping in the CrossFit communities and yep. They've been going everywhere and it's been really cool to kind of see it. So honestly, I think that the future of this is basically, I think it's going to create more value in our profession because athletic trainers are standing up and and realizing, Hey, I bring value to the table. Um, Because there are a lot of traditional settings that, um, you know, they're great. I've had some wonderful mentors. I've, I've worked in some really fun avenues where you feel valued. Um, But then there are also other avenues I've worked where you're, basically there to save, you know, the, bring that bottom dollar down, you know, and, um, you're just another number. And when you don't feel valued, uh, that's huge. We don't want to be encouraging more athletic training jobs that, you know, burn people out, um, that, you know, don't show their value to their employees, that kind of thing. So I think that the entrepreneurship, I think if athletic trainers start becoming more comfortable with being uncomfortable, that this is really going to create value. Um, and it's just going to bring awareness to the community as to what an athletic trainer is and who we are and maybe actually 
create our name for ourselves the way we wanted to. We're not personal trainers. Right. Um, we're sports medicine specific. You know, there are people out there that, you know, had competed in NCAA. So you find those people and you say, oh, you're an athletic trainer. I, I love you. We worked with you guys. But that's only a subset of the community. That's, you know, prior NCAA athletes. Right. If we go into entrepreneurship and we're branching out to everyone, I think it's going to really make our name more established uh, for sure. Great. And then just quality of care. <laughs> There's a huge gap between, you know, the, the, the physical therapy and physical activity. Mm -hmm. And how are we bridging that? Because our, our active community, we want people to be active and people are more aware that activity doesn't like activity is more beneficial than it is negative. I, I think there was a lot of avoid activity to get better that mentality and people are now start, starting to stroll away from that. Like movement makes me better. Physical activity makes me better, but my heart gets better when I do cardio, like stuff like that is starting to kick in. Like activity is not bad. Activity is good. <laughs> so how do we keep the active community active and out of the hospitals? Uh, it, it's just that again, there's that gap. And, and I think with entrepreneurship that, you know, athletic trainers are going to be able to bridge that gap because now we're going to be everywhere and people are going to be using us and it's not going to be WebMD or Google that's going to help people out right? because everyone's very aware. Like I need self-care to get better. You know, I know when I go see my massage therapist, I get better. So I go see my massage therapist more simple, simple stuff like that. So it's being able to kind of come out into the community and bring quality healthcare to the community. Yep. So then we're not just looking for a pill and moving on with our lives. Like we're actually resolving issues and preventing them from coming on. So um, I think entrepreneurship is going to really affect those, those things, especially with our healthcare having to evolve and adapt all the time um, with the way that it is. So um, yeah. And then even just the legislature, I really hope that this changes our legislature. Yeah. I think it's, that's been so restrictive. Yeah. I think it'll help. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. In order for me to stretch somebody, I need a physician's oversight. It doesn't, I, I don't know. I, get I don't you. know. I, get you know, you. I don't want to say too, I don't want to say too much, you know, but you know, right. I not, not, don't want to say too much. I don't want to say uh, that it's negative. You know, it's just, I think it, it's just time it, for it, an update. Exactly. It, it exactly. It does extremely well for what it was when it went in. And I understand the hesitation, you know, once you open it up, you, you potentially open up to getting more restrictive, which is not what we want. Um, right. But I agree. I think, you know, it's time for, you know, as I know people are working on a very strategic update and look at it. And I know people are ultimately getting there. It's just how fast and how much is it going to cost to make happen? Right. Right. And, you know, it's just really pushing it because, yeah, it's just, it's scary. Like even with Colorado going in reverse and whatnot, right. like we are still healthcare, athletic trainers are healthcare. So, you know, stuff like this is pertinent, you know, we want to protect the community and make sure that the laws, but we want to make sure the laws are reflecting, right. um, you know, what's appropriate. And that's, that's right. basically it. And it definitely, you know, athletic trainers say we were, we were sports. Now we're not anymore. We're, we're outside of that. Yeah. We're not just sports. So you know, we bring something special to the table and I, I really hope it's reflected in our legislature sure. yeah. soon, hopefully, hopefully sooner than later. Right. Definitely. So yeah, hopefully the entrepreneurship pushes that. Yeah. So other than don't start a business during a pandemic, what advice <laughs> would you give to yourself if you could go back in the start of this process? Oh, that was such a good question. And I know I had time to mull it over. And honestly, like you just got us, I've, I've heard this from other PTs that have started their cash-based businesses. I've heard this from other athletic trainers. And I know a lot of people that are getting into this are like, you know, talk to other people and, and mm -hmm. you know, learn from others that have gone through this and that there's a huge, um, there's a huge benefit to that um, because you're learning kind of what process they took and what their hurdles were and well, maybe you can avoid some of these hurdles. Maybe you can't, you know, maybe the hurdles are just there and you're just going to take them on. And that's, that's part of the game, right? This literally is one big game. So if I were to go back and talk to myself about this, I mean, everything happened for a reason. I think with me 
said as shelving the idea, it opened up the opportunity of having an office space, which mm -hmm. I probably wouldn't have had before. Um, and looking at the positives of how you can adapt with the whole scenario, but it literally is a, if it's something you want to do and you believe in it, just do it and you'll learn how to fly on the way down, like literally jump off the cliff right. and you'll learn how to fly on the way down because yeah. you just got to do it. You can't, you can't sit and wait for everything to be perfectly lined up to go about the way that you want to go about it because things are going to change as you go along and trying to figure it out. You know, the, even just the doctor's oversight, that's like a huge piece to opening up your own business. And, um, there's a lot more to than to just that, you know, so it's, you just got to like start doing it and, and going into it and taking the risks and getting the anxiety of, you know, what's going to happen tomorrow. But, um, it, it just, it's definitely worth it. It's definitely worth yeah, it. Sure. If you believe in it. Yeah. It's definitely worth it. So it's, yeah, if I were to talk to myself or, you know, I, I would give myself a little bit more of a pep talk, like, Hey, you're, you're going to be in for, you're going to be in for a ride. Uh, but it's going to be, a, you know, you're going to, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. So it's definitely worth it. So you may yeah. have just answered this question, but I'll ask it anyway. You know, what has been the most influential resource you've found in this process of going out on your own? Uh, influential resource has been, um, starting off what's influenced me the most was just reading and, and going into books. And, um, there's a lot of physical therapists that have written their own experiences mm -hmm. and just reading from cover to cover, like this is how I started and here was my process going through. Um, there's a lot of business coaching out there too, that some athletic trainers have looked at as, um, beneficial. Um, so reading business coaching, uh, you know, mentorship and whatnot, those, those have all been really beneficial. Um, but even just, I know even wor working with other athletic trainers, it's really nice to kind of pick their brains and see what they've hung up with, but it's also good to capitalize on working with other professions, uh, physical therapists, other physicians, uh, me working my day job and connecting with other physical therapists and work comp, um, physicians and work comp, chiropractors, anybody, um, and then telling them about my personal venture, it's been really good to get ideas because there's everybody's kind of, it's, it's still a business. Mm -hmm. um, so physical therapists, they've hit some business hurdles as well, especially going cash-based. And it's good to listen to because it can be very reflective in the athletic training community as well. So I can't project and like picture what my potential future hurdles are going to be, but learning from other professions, I think creates that brings more value to the table as well, because even though we all have our own strengths, right. we're still healthcare. Yeah. So, yeah. If you could change or eliminate one thing, um, a common practice or a mindset in the field of athletic training, when it becomes, when it comes to being an entrepreneur, what would it be? Changing the mindset, I'm going into being an entrepreneur. So if I'm focusing on entrepreneurship and athletic training, um, the mindset would be, don't think that there's like a cookie cutter or template for it. You got to really, I, I think athletic trainers, we are adaptable. And I wish there are the ones that I'm seeing, like their confidence is like, you know, it's, it's like there, and that's, what's pushing them to do this entrepreneurial stuff. Mm -hmm. um, it, it would be awesome to see more confidence in the athletic training community, because um, I think we're so logical, like, well, we want to make sure this is done and this is done and this yeah. is done before this goes on. And, you know, when it comes to entrepreneurship, you don't know what the next hurdle is going to be. So jumping in and doing it, I think it's really just the mindset should be that, you know, have confidence in yourself and just like, just, do it because athletic trainers are highly valued. Um, you know, we wouldn't be hired at hospitals and other avenues if the value wasn't there. We'd still, if we were not valuable, we'd still be hanging out with sports and, you know, right. wrapping, wrapping ice bags or whatever we're yep. coined as, right? Yep. So there's a huge value there and hospital systems have seen it. Um, you know, rehab clinics have seen it. They've seen the value that we bring. So I think we just need to self-reflect and, and know that, Hey, I, I have value and I can do this. Um, uh, so when it comes to entrepreneurship, don't think that, you know, you need to be guided 
um, by a specific light, you know, do, do what you feel, use your education, you know, at majority of us have our masters and now that with it transitioning into yep. a master's profession, you know, don't feel like there's one way to do it and, and have confidence in yourself to be able to figure out, um, you know, the right path. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's basically, that's basically, I think the mindset in entrepreneurship, I think, I think we really need to focus on the fact that we are adaptable and we should, we should just capitalize on that we need more confidence in our own profession. Yeah. So this last question, um, you know, I think this whole episode has ultimately been about it because you've alluded to so many different things, but what does being an athletic trainer mean to you? currently and if that's evolved and i don't remember your specific answer from the last time we talked but you know like what is has it evolved or you know what is your current definition i guess (sighs) i was going to leave the profession in 2017 2018 i was looking at other avenues Mm -hmm. i was i was exhausted i was i was done you look up the average athletic trainer uh, the average age of an athletic trainer that leaves the profession is the age of 30 um there was something in me um, that I knew there's something to this profession and being an athletic trainer. And I feel like doing, there's so much value to an athletic trainer, bringing services to athletes, whether they be your standard blue collar worker or, um, you know, athletes that are in NCAA or anything along those lines, there's, there's a value to athletic training and, even though I lost it for like, you know, a blip of my career that I almost gave up on it. I think that being an athletic trainer and continuing to be an athletic trainer and not, you know, dual credentialing myself to open up more avenues. I think that being an athletic trainer to build the value of the profession, um, you know, because everybody gets into it to help others. Um, And that's, I found like a huge reward in being able to see an active person go from not even being able to walk to now running downfield um, and the relationships that you build. And even, you know, having, I still remember to this day, one of the first things that kept me in the industrial setting uh, was a woman, she came down into my um, office and I had not known this. Um, She just said, thank you so much for working with me. Um, I finally got eight hours of sleep last night and I'm like, geez, you know, you haven't been able to sleep, had no idea, um, you know, that obviously affects your recovery. Right. Mm -hmm. So how long has that been going on? And she's like, I haven't been able to sleep eight hours through in like 10 years. So that, that like slapped me in the face. Like this is just something that has value to it. Um, and just bringing it to the community. That's huge. I was able to help somebody sleep throughout the night. I was able to help you know, um, somebody that works exhaustingly throughout the day, be able to go home and, you know, play catch with the sun. Uh, it's just, there's certain things that we take for granted and an athletic trainer can help the quality of life of a lot of different people. So being an athletic trainer is just that is, um, you know, helping those quality, the, everybody's quality of life and doing it as an athletic trainer, sure. you know, I, that I, I, a lot of professions, you know, that they, they're involved in that, you know, but, um, I feel like athletic training, I just have such faith in the education and what we are able to bring to the table that doing it as an athletic trainer and not a dual credentialed athletic trainer, you know, there, there's some meaning to that as well. Um, and it's not anything negative to those that went the dual right. credentialed right. route, you know, at all. Um, I think it's just our profession, you know, I, I, I can see the burnout. I, I see the sure. burnout in, in colleagues and whatnot. So it's, it's being able to make the profession more, you know, build the value of the profession in itself. So, yeah, I guess a very general, like huge encompassing what it means to be an athletic trainer answer. <laughs> well, that was extremely well said and, I, uh, and impactful. Um, just in closing, if people wanted to find you or reach out, I know we had had that before, but um, good time to shout out any social media handles for MKE injury and recover or. Yep. yep. That's okay. it. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So I've got, yep. I've got MKE injury and recovery, uh, that on Instagram. So basically it's just MKE injury and recovery. Um, you know, that I also have my personal handle that's connected to that as well. Yep. Um, my website, MKE injury and recovery.com. That'll be going live here very soon. 
um, uh, all of my information on services provided, everything will be available on my website. Um, and then there's also just personal email. If any athletic trainers want to reach out and just have discussions, I'm completely open to that. Um, I know it's very, it can be very specific as to what people want to do and what they want to pursue and just goals and stuff like that. But, um, you know, MKE injury and recovery at gmail.com. Um, or, uh, my personal email is fine. My last name, D O S E D L A at uwalumni.com. Um, but it's good to connect with other athletic trainers and just really be able to build up the community and encourage other, I know there's other athletic trainers in Wisconsin that are doing their own entrepreneurial stuff. I have their business cards and I want to encourage those businesses to thrive as well. So we need to really support each other. Um, so that there's any other businesses or anything out there. Um, I literally, that's why I made my little coffee setup underneath it, business cards, just everybody that I believe in that I want to support their businesses, Absolutely. athletic trainers being one of them for sure. So awesome. Um, yeah. Yeah. So definitely looking forward to speaking with anybody and everybody. Sounds good. Well, thank you again for taking the time. Really appreciate it. Thank you, Joel. <laughs> appreciate it.